Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room where we talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 43. We're discussing New York Comic Con. I'm one of your host, Tim. I'm Sanjay. I'm Troy. I'm just I'm trying out this new voice for the podcast because every time I listen to myself, I feel like I sound like Jonathan Taylor Thomas from like Lion King, you know, when he's like little Simba. So I'm just trying this like masculine voice out. Mature just for Simba. today's podcast. I don't know who played Mature Simba, but uh he sure sounded like this. <laughs> this week we're discussing <laughs> New York Comic Con, all the announcements that we got. Woo! I know we said we're going to be doing Luke Cage this week, and I'm going to take the blame for that. Oh, Tim, why? <laughs> it's been a hectic week, to say the least. I've not had a chance to watch Luke Cage. And also, there's a lot of news that came out this week with both New York Comic Con as well as some releases from the cinematic world as well. Every week, I get into this podcast and I'm like, I don't think there's like a lot going on in nerddom. And I sit down and we like go over the outline. I'm like, wow, there's a lot going on in nerddom. I mean, I'm surprised. Every week, it's just something going on. It's good to see, you know. It definitely makes for good podcasting material for us. So keep bringing it nerds and geeks of the world <laughs> it all seems to crash in on us on saturday into yeah. sunday too so yeah. it's like we kind of we're trying to figure out what to do for the podcast and then all of a sudden it's just like news news Swarm. news news yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah always like if people could be gracious and like release your news on maybe like a thursday or a friday for us mm-hmm. or not thanksgiving yeah Canadians. yeah and the jays too like come on this week wolverine 3 finally got a title we all speculated that Wolverine 3 was going to be titled Old Man Logan, and they've dropped the old man and simply titled it Logan. That's right. And they released a poster with it as well, the clawed out Logan with a young girl, it appears to be, holding his hand. Right. Ooh, and foreshadowing. They, yes, very much so. And there's rumors this could be X-23, right. potentially. Mm-hmm. And they did release a page of script as well. And if you're able to zoom in and read through it, you get the idea or the notion that Logan's a bit of a drunk, he's quite a bit older, yes. and he seems to be losing his powers somewhat. Again. Yes. yes. <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts, first of all, on the title and the poster? Love the title. Yeah. I love it, you know, um, because I think they had big shoes to fill if they want to go the old man Logan route, because they only have so many rights to the characters to use from that novel or book, and um, it'd just be a hard ad- adaptation to do. Uh, this, though, seems kind of like a smaller film and kind of a way to get away from um, the franchise, the X-Men universe, especially where it is right now after Apocalypse, right? We get yeah. a smaller film, it looks like, and a cool kind of indie look, and I, I really like the the poster we got there. I kind of think it's the best claws we've ever seen, actually. The detail in those claws look great. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Definitely. And what a poster and a title can do for a movie for me. Mm-hmm. Was not really looking forward to this. Didn't really have it on my radar. I'm a fan of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yes. He's still one of my favorite parts in X-Men Apocalypse, even though it was a, a quick scene, almost a throwaway. Mm-hmm. But what this did for me, I was, I'm blown. I'm so excited for this. And just Logan, too. Something yeah. simple. Mm-hmm. I think they are trying to make you think a bit about Old Man Logan when Definitely. they give that oh, title. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. reading through that script page, it does seem that they're at least leaning on that a bit yes. as far as a inspired by an Old Man mm-hmm. Logan like older story. Older Logan, too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it really got me hyped up for this movie. This mm-hmm. dropping not too far in the distant future. That's right. And yeah. X-23, I think we all agree on it, might possibly be yeah because yeah. oh, they hinted sure. at that at the end of x-men apocalypse 2 exactly right? With mr sinister and it connects that up so i don't know if they're seeding something in the future for the x-men or the young x-men movies or if that was a direct tease for this logan movie yeah oh, okay 
Yeah, I'm kind of excited for it too. I mean, it seems kind of like a apocalyptic film where, you know, the world has been destroyed and kind of seems like it's taken off of uh, Days of Future Past, kind of that parallel universe where they don't go back in time and change the future. That's kind of what it seems to me a little bit. Um, I don't know if you guys know this film. I just watched it recently, actually. Escape from New York. Not familiar with it, no. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like uh, Manhattan's been um, turned into this giant jail, and then this guy has to go in and get the president out. Really cool film. Very 80s. Very kick-ass. <laughs> but it does have like uh, apocalyptic uh, New York in it. So I'm seeing something like that. I'm hoping for something like that. It'd be cool to see Wolverine. Maybe like Mad Max style too. Oh yeah, I absolutely agree. That'd be yeah. cool. Especially, I wish we could kind of get something where it does take place after uh, Days of Future Past, right? Yeah. Because at the end of that movie, we do see, you know, uh, Logan and the Professor kind of have that relationship. So I would like to see them continuing that uh, that storyline almost, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's been confirmed or not, but do you think this is taking place in the old X-Men continuity or the oh. rebooted, kind of skewed timeline continuity that we got at the end of Days of Future Past and which X-Men Apocalypse takes place in? Yes, I, I think it's the first one, or the second one you said. So I think it is uh, Days of Future Past. I think that's... You think it's a reset timeline? Yes, the yes. one that's been corrected, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah, Not the the original franchise, the original Brian mm-hmm. Singer. Yeah, yeah. it wouldn't make sense to continue that one, because all the other movies are going to be branching off into this new universe. So mm-hmm. why continue with something that's never going to see the light of day again? Although it wouldn't make sense, because Wolverine is one of the few that actually survives the end of X-Men 3, so... I think he survives anyways. I can't even remember. Yeah, he does. Yes. And it's just that scene at the end of Days of Future Past, It's yeah. I guess it it has to take place in the future of the splayed-off timeline. Yes. But it makes you feel like it's taking place in the Days of Future Past, pre-Days of Future Past timeline mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. It's a bit confusing. And yeah. again, not going to get into content. <laughs> Tim's working on it, though. He's working yeah. on the timeline, so stay tuned. He went to the <laughs> University of Calgary in the astrophysics department and... Uh, quantum physics and quantum mechanics to try sort out the x-men timeline so we should get something back in three years yeah, i'm not really gonna sort of the timeline i'm just gonna go back in time and shake brian singer and be like what are you doing <laughs> hopefully we're gonna get a teaser trailer for this sometime soon and they did release a couple images one of just a severed arm mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this movie's getting an r rating that's great and hopefully it's a hard r and we did see some of that violence at the end of x-men apocalypse yeah. it's berserker wolverine yeah and it looks like we're going to be getting that in this movie and with it being a hard R, the first Wolverine movie that's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how far they take the violence in this. And does it make a Wolverine movie better if it is extremely violent? We'll see about that. But that being said, if it's an extremely violent movie, then they have to give him a foe that can equally match that. And Mr. Sinister doesn't do that for me. We already had the failed attempt with Deadpool as the, as the number one villain. (laughs) villain What do you mean? That was an excellent choice. (laughs) Which is horrible. And then we also had Silver Samurai, which was even worse in some ways. So I really hope, you know, for his final movie, we just, we hit everything, right? We get the the good Wolverine movie that we all wanted. The one thing I'm really excited for, because it's our, a lot of times Wolverine and TV shows or movies will be clawing at faceless, like, robots or stuff like that. Is that a pun? Sentinels. Clawing? Oh, I see what I did there. Not even intentional. No pun not intended on that one. And uh, so at the end of Apocalypse, it was cool to see him actually going against soldiers and seeing what kind of damage a Wolverine could actually inflict on people. Because this guy's crazy. Like, if you had a Wolverine, he'd be one of the toughest guys to beat in the Marvel Universe, period. And it'd be cool to see him unleash that full potential instead of just going up against a Sentinel here and a tree trunk here or something. I don't know. 
It seems like there's going to be a lot of cannon fodder in this yeah. movie. Yeah. They need to have these soldiers or whomever, faceless people in yeah. masks or whatever, that he just blasts through. Shatari. Well, exactly. <laughs> and you can do that with masked humans as well. That's what they did at, in Apocalypse, is that mm-hmm. as long as they're not showing a face, it's a lot easier to get away with ripping people limb for limb. Yeah. Know, literally. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Tim uses to justify as he rips his victims apart, just puts a mask over top of their face. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Can't see your face. I don't really have to care about you. <laughs> so, dog, no, super stoked for this. Yes. Looking forward to the teaser trailer at some point here. And he dropped his last time as Wolverine. Hopefully, it is the best one yet. The best portrayal of Wolverine. It's hopefully going to be put on screen for Hugh Jackson's last outing. Yes. Do you buy it? Do you buy that this is his last Wolverine? I don't know. I don't know who they're going to replace him with. Because you can't leave that universe Wolverine-less. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't know. You know, I always thought Watson would have been such a great actor and a great choice. I've got his name just now, but he plays uh, Judge Dredd. He's in the new Dredd movie. Oh, Carl Urban. I think Carl Urban would have been a really cool choice if they went yeah. that route. He's yeah, a bit general. older, too, though. He's a bit older, but he's he's still a young, what's it, the young doctor in uh, yeah. McCoy. McCoy, right? So, oh, I mean, okay. But you're right, he is a bit older still. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think you might have to either kill him off or... Just have them sparingly, kind of like cameo parts and maybe like limit it to five to ten minutes of screen time in each movie. Yeah. We do have Old Man Logan in the comics right now, though, so it's okay to be Old Man Logan. (laughs) (laughs) Sticking with our cinematic universes here and jumping over to the DC side. We had an announcement that, and we speculated a bit and we joked about it a lot. Yeah. About the idea or the concept that Suicide Squad was going to get an extended cut. This would be, what, the third movie in the DC Cinematic Universe to get an extended cut? Second, second. There's no Man of Steel extended cut. Oh, there's not? Okay. Trust me, if there was, I would have bought it. (laughs) (laughs) So Suicide Squad is getting an extended cut. An additional, I think, 20 to 30 minutes of Uh, footage? 13 minutes. 13, okay. So I was a little high there, but... It's being called the Joker Cut, or at least that's what I called it. I titled it. It did show a teaser trailer, which showed that at least a few scenes with the Joker and Harley Quinn that are added in, more their backstory together. This being an extended cut movie again, is this something that you guys are going to go to and watch? I think I'm going to, but I'm going to do it again reluctantly. Okay, I'll, I'll take this. See, my thoughts on extended cuts is this. A lot of times you'll get movies and they'll all come with deleted scenes. Like X-Men Apocalypse just had a couple of really cool deleted scenes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows had a cool deleted scene between uh, Megan Fox and the original April O'Neil. The way I look at the extended cuts is this. They're going to give you deleted scenes. Now they can either give you deleted scenes separately and you'll probably never watch them and know which context they are in the film. Or they can give you these deleted scenes and put them back into the film and give you the option to watch this extended edition of the film. And when I look at it that way, I always am of the group that more content is better. And so a longer movie, you know, I feel like if I have the option to watch Batman vs Superman two and a half hours, or Batman vs Superman three hours, given that I have the time, I'm going to choose a three hour one ten out of ten times. And so when I look at Suicide Squad, there was some scenes that if they were added would have made the film a lot better and a lot more whole and you know i'm excited i'm gonna day one purchase for me of course steelbook purchase for me (laughs) of course uh digital copy probably buy for tm (laughs) um i'm excited for it i mean another 13 minutes it's like it's like a little treat you know it's a treat for the fans and i'm excited for it and you know i guess people are gonna complain because 
Why didn't you just include it in the theaters? What people are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Not these two people sitting beside you, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> and I'll tell you why they didn't add it in the theaters. It's all about the money. Look at how much money this made. And if you add half an hour to Batman v Superman or 15 minutes to Suicide Squad, that's going to cut into the runtime. It's going to cut into the gross. And as well, if you look at the um, Blu-ray sales, Batman vs. Superman killed it first week. I think it sold close to $40 million in Blu-rays and DVDs its first week alone. It's almost as good as its opening weekend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it it brings a little bit more intrigue to the uh, home box office where before, you know, it's kind of been a market that's, I don't know, frankly, is being uh, overlooked nowadays. A lot of times you get bare minimum releases or just... uh, digital releases beforehand so i i'm pumped for it i'm, I'm dying to hear your guys' thoughts i have no <laughs> idea what you guys are gonna think about this go i'm not you take the first batch of this <laughs> before i chew into this yeah thing. <laughs> i'm just a little um extended cut fatigue coming kind of coming along from dc you know we had it with batman or superman we all predicted we we're gonna get it with this movie we'll probably get it with wonder woman we'll probably get it with justice league that seems to be their after credit I think that they're going yeah. back to right. Uh, for me, my biggest thing is, is though, is that make it happen in the theatrical lease. You know, that's why I want to see the movie done. And when you have to keep critiquing and changing your film every time it gets the the Blu-ray release, I kind of feel like that's kind of a cop out almost. But I do understand where you're coming from with the fact that DVDs and DVD and Blu-rays where we're at right now, we don't get much content. So it is kind of cool that we get you know the extended scenes all put into the movie, right? So that's cool. I'm not I'm not gonna bash <laughs> this too hard because I'm just I'm Suicide Squad. Guy, so. <laughs> I think, you know, Warner Brothers has done this with uh, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit before. So this isn't something new that Warner Brothers has been doing before in the past. So yeah. they definitely are, you know, carrying that tradition forward with the uh, extended editions. For sure. Those are, those are also books that are being adapted that are huge, too. Though, yeah, right? it's so true. So much to fill. But. Yeah, because I think, like, the extended edition of Lord of the Rings is, like, each one's over three and a half hours wow. or something crazy like that. So. Yeah. alright folks now here's the time when you're listening to this podcast where you can place your bet which way is Tim gonna go A. he's gonna agree with Sanjay B. he's gonna agree with Troy Tim for all those listeners out there in podcast land let it ride I feel like I'm getting the reputation of being the cynical dick (laughs) (laughs) well Tim just got himself a new nickname (laughs) no I'm not really in favor of these extended cuts and I'll tell you exactly why when you put your theatrical release out you put your best foot forward you put your best content if you thought the movie was going to be lacking because these 13 minutes aren't in it you cut something else and I don't like this idea of going back and reinserting to be like oh hey guys we're gonna fix all the problems you had with 13 minutes of footage put that in to start right and this idea of deleted scenes and putting them back in, it's kind of a cool concept, but at the same time, I feel like the deleted scenes that are released on Blu-rays right now are scenes that they've cut for a specific reason, whether yeah. it's runtime or whether the character has changed and mm-hmm. they need to do something different with them and having a specific scene where they show up somewhere. Some of the stuff they did in Force Awakens does rely on this idea of taking a scene out because they're progressing the narrative somewhere else with yeah. this character and you can't have them in a particular spot yeah. at the end of a movie. Yeah. But I do like getting those scenes and being like, oh, that would have been cool if that was in the movie. Where would that have fit in? What sort of impact would that have had? Right. But when you're jamming it back into the movie and extending it and being like, okay, here's it's going to fix the problems. When you're looking to put a movie together, if you're 13 minutes shy, just put those 13 minutes in. If you <laughs> feel like it's going to be that much better of a movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's really going to cripple your box office to be two hours and 45 minutes rather than two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I know that's a long time to sit in a seat. 
but trim it somewhere else. There's a lot of places I think in Suicide Squad you could have trimmed yes. to fit some more of this Joker back in. And yeah. being that he was the forefront of your advertising, mm-hmm. and that's not to say that that's not seen anywhere else. You look at Phasma and Force Awakens was you know Misleading. thrusted into us, yeah. and that was she was sitting at the front of the advertising right from the get go, mm-hmm. and she was barely in the movie. That's right. And so it's not just DC that does this. Mm-hmm. It's you know you put your your most iconic person or something that's different. It's like a Boba Fett and a Phasma, right? You put right. them forward. This looks really cool. Here's your Joker. This looks awesome. Yeah. But if you knew he was going to be, you know, your your pedestal character, yeah. Then just put him in the movie. I don't know. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it because I'm really curious if like Batman vs Superman. And I said if you go back and check out a review, I said that it fixes some of the issues I have. Definitely not yeah. all of them. It yeah. really makes the first half hour better, mm-hmm. and it really helps you understand the Batman v Superman part of yeah. the movie where the theatrical cut doesn't give you that. But I'm interested to see if this develops a bit more of the Joker story and ha- makes him a little more relevant in the movie as opposed to what he did come out of. I'll give you two examples. Um, so we have Age of Ultron, a film that was kind of decisive for Marvel. And um, the director, Josh Whedon, said, you know, some of the stuff, some of the choices weren't my choices. Marvel wanted me to put this in. I think he said there's like over a three-hour cut of the film. Mm, Why right. wouldn't Disney or Marvel have released that three-hour cut with the steelbook? Then it might have fixed some of the problems, and then it would have been a different take on the film, and maybe people would have enjoyed it more. That's, you know, to me, one of the weaker Marvel films. But if they gave me a three-hour cut and they fixed some of the issues, maybe I would go back and enjoy it and like it better with uh, different views. It might, not just, it might not be the way, though. Disney was pretty confident in the, in the project in the first place, right, with the theatrical release. And the, yeah. I mean, that was the movie that you got. That's the movie you got on Blu-ray as well, right? So there's a cool way you can handle it, too. Like Brian Singer's... Um, Days oh, of Future Past. Yeah, got the, the road cut. cut. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I like how they pulled that off, right? Yeah. I mean, so it can work in some ways. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the example of it working is Blade Runner. When that film was released, it was a box office bomb. It was seen as a disappointment. Then they keep coming back with all these director cuts and extended editions. Yeah. And now it's one of the greatest films ever created. That's right. So, and I can't wait for Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. That's yeah. That yeah. looks pretty cool, yeah. too. Yeah. Is this extended cut a director's cut? Like, I know that Dave Ayer said the movie you saw on screen yeah. was the director's cut. Yeah. This is his that's final his vision. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So whether or not that's true or not, I don't know. <laughs> he don't had know to say that. Is. He could have went the Josh Trank way and, you know, Never totally... worked again. Yeah. <laughs> so David Ayer's smart. You know, he yeah. knows what he's doing. I'm like, He Mr. didn't Trank. want to lose the potential of a episode 10 or something like that. Josh <laughs> Trank <laughs> lost episode 9. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so. he could have just been like, you know what, Fox? Well, he could have handled it better. But look out for that coming down the pipe. I'm, again... Uh, December. December yeah. 3rd, I think it's released. And I'm also interested in this little uh, Argus website that they kind of pulled up. Now, it's oh, kind of similar okay. to like the Batman files that we saw in uh, BBS. Okay. So you can go online right now, I believe, and they made this Argus website where you can get the profile mugshots of each individual Suicide Squad member. Cool. So go out there and check it out. I think they only have one profile available to view right now, but they do have the mugshots up there. So Awesome. Cool. Be on the lookout for that. Sounds good. A little viral marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sticking with the DC Cinematic Universe, Zack Snyder, back at it again, social media. Everyone's favorite director. <laughs> he released a almost two-minute video um, yeah. celebrating the end of filming of Justice League. Uh, filming in England, so they're still okay. filming in Iceland. Okay, so it's not an f- official wrap. No. but So they've released quite a bit of footage here. Again, I feel yeah. like I've seen the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, they didn't show you any shots of the bad guy. Just some cool like shots of them having fun behind the scenes. So. But they did show you a shot of the bad guy. Superman. No, no. There that was is, Superman, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. 
but there is guys in mocap suits that are getting there's just a clip i rewound it and watched it a couple mm-hmm. times okay there is a cannon fodder army of some sort oh, okay there was at least four of them in those kind of gray and black dotted suits okay oh that's they were cool. standing up on something so aliens probably of some sort yeah aliens yeah. or some sort maybe steppenwolf's army yeah. or something like that right yeah that's yeah. cool because then you get to see them kind of like avengers the first one they get to beat up these aliens and get to see captain america really let loose hulk thor iron man Black Widow, Hawkeye, same with Ultron. So, you know, that's cool. I really like that to see them, you know, get to see user powers. How cool it would be to see Wonder Woman unleash and Aquaman and Flash. Yeah. Just have them go crazy and just kill a bunch yeah. of aliens. Yeah, it could be even parademons, right? We've yeah, that's what I'm already, thinking. So could be parademons. Um, it's not bad. I mean, I'm kind of a little sick of this this rock and roll vibe they're going with. Like, I wasn't a fan <laughs> of the trailer in the first place. Yeah. And I didn't like the rock and roll sound. And then we got more of it. But it was cool to see, like, the, the chemistry. Everybody looked like they're yeah. having fun on set. So I yeah. hope that um carries on throughout the film when we see the chemistry between the members. Because the Justice League, they got to be tight. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you notice at the start of this little clip where they had how they filmed it the lighting and then the difference right it's yeah huge. it's i could not believe it i really liked the actual filmed light yeah as opposed to whatever filter they put on it the it's Zack cool, snyder eh? filter yeah 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 it's classic totally right? yeah have yeah. you guys seen it where it's man of steel it's, um the original version the Zack snyder version and then what it would have looked like if it was just like a normal film and it's just a lot brighter and a lot more colors I think I have seen a clip from that. Yeah, yeah, something that you're talking about. Maybe, I don't know, it'd be kind of cool if they were released some of that. But I do like the uh, Zack Snyder color filter. It kind of feels like a separate universe. Like, it's a different film than other films. When you look at 300, Batman v Superman, you know, that's probably the reason why I like him as a director. You just know immediately, boom, Snyder film. Yeah, I think sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Man of Steel, it worked for me. Uh, BVS, not so much because I felt like Metropolis looked the same as Gotham almost. Oh, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Point. It's a little too dark, a little too gray. I hope with the Justice League, we do see some more outdoor shots, a little more brighter, kind of like what's going on with uh, Wonder Woman there. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. being that you have such a contrast of characters in the Justice League, yeah. you have to lighten up the tone a bit. You're going to have Flash in there. Mm-hmm. Aquaman, I don't know how serious he's going to be in the film because <laughs> yeah. Jason Momoa looked like he was having a blast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, throwing his staff around and everything. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be felt in the movie a bit more. Yeah. Or and then you have Cyborg, who is an enormous huge. human being. She was training hard, like Rocky oh, in that yeah. thing. Yeah. Huge. I want to go on his workout regime. Oh man, <laughs> some of that's genetics. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Sanjay, you know, you're the Justice League. You're you're the guy here. I'm the Justice League. That's amazing. Yeah. We're screwed though if we ever get attacked. If yeah. I'm Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel about this? Seeing this footage, does this get you extra amped? I'm excited for it. I mean, I got to see some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, it's cool to see them interact, have fun. Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't show me like the main bad guy, Steppenwolf, and that kind of stuff. And they did show me Superman, so it does, you know, it does reconfirm that he is there. Maybe he'll have a different colored suit. I'm hoping some the black hair. and white, yeah, some longer hair and the beard, kind of the uh, '90s revival look. Maybe he'll be uh, blue and red and split into two. I mean, that happened in the oh, comics. So, right. yeah. <laughs> I- I'm excited for it. Um, this didn't uh, take away my excitement. This didn't amp up my excitement to 100, though. I'm still pretty jacked for it. Um, I'm still, you know, I feel like the trailer, I like the trailer better than this, but I gotta see some more stuff, and, you know, I can't wait for November, so it's a little over a year away. Seems like a long time to yeah, wait. Kind of does. It definitely was no uh, Rogue One. No. kind of behind the scenes oh, I, hate okay. to bring that up, <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen the rogue one to be okay. honest with you yeah. um but uh i'd like to see it so maybe yeah. after this pod i'll check it out cool. and uh you can get my comments from me when you see me live 
Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's just me because I'm not a DC reader. And the first time I saw the Avengers assembled, I was like, okay, that makes sense. When I see these guys assembled together, walking up the stairs and coming down the other or maybe into the Batcave or whatever, yeah. and I see them all standing there, I'm like, these characters just don't fit together for me yet. Yeah. Maybe I need to see the chemistry on screen. Exactly. And maybe I need to see them fighting together and yeah. the growth of that team. Mm-hmm. But right now, when I look at it, I'm like... I see Flash and Aquaman. Yeah. Like they, they all just seem like characters that are more individualized than a team. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just not getting that team vibe yet. I don't know. Is that just me? Or Yeah, I kind of get that. I mean, I think we're kind of spoiled too because we've got like Avengers going on and we got, yeah. we got the X-Men movies. And even on TV, we got, you know, Arrow, Flash, and, and uh, Superwoman meeting up. Or oh, Super, Supergirl. So yeah. I think we're kind of spoiled. But you're also right because... We're rushed into the Justice League. We haven't had a long, enough time to kind of build up with these characters and see them put together, right? So, well, I mean, this will be the uh, fourth film in the or the fifth film in the DC Cinematic Universe. So, I mean, they've been around for a while, and yeah, they've been you know making little appearances here and there. But we've never encountered Aquaman really necessarily. Flash yeah. is still kind of new. We've only really had Batman and Superman, you know. Yeah, and Wonder we'll get Woman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, maybe they'll like, talk about those characters more. I mean, I think what you really need is to have that big global threat to really build the team together. That and we too. haven't seen that yet. Yeah, because so. this movie still kind of feels small to me as opposed to this huge epic movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll have to wait to see exactly who the villain is. And yeah. I, I'm almost certain that those guys in the costumes, the mocap costumes, yeah. are going to be some sort of cannon fodder army. Yeah. Parademons, whomever. Yeah. And I think they need that for the, this movie. And you had mentioned this in a previous podcast, Sanjay, that they need an army. They need to display their powers and their abilities and their teamwork mm-hmm. on some faceless army so that you yeah. don't just have them all surrounding Steppenwolf at some point and just throwing shit at him. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and then Batman ducking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made sense, okay? He hadn't faced that threat before. Yeah, that's true. This past weekend was New York Comic Con. So again, we discussed a bit last week as far as the most anticipated panels we were looking forward to. And we're going to discuss here actually what came out of them. Oh, all right. Let's do it. From the cinematic perspective, we didn't get a whole lot of information. But that's not the only thing we talk about here. We talk a lot about collectibles, particularly Hasbro toys. Yes, Always. And Wednesday was Hasbro's Twas the Night Before. And this is where they have the press and all that they come in and look at the toys they don't really have a display set at new york comic con so this is the chance for people to come in take some photos and then they have the panel on the thursday and a lot of images were coming out on the wednesday night from various sources that showed some of the legends and some of the star wars black series is going to be dropping here in the near future that's right what were you soaked up about, Troy? Oh, man. So, <laughs> starting it off here with the Marvel Legends. Okay. We've got um, an Old Man Logan. Okay. Looks incredible. Now, this is the Old Man Logan that's currently in the comics right now. Yeah. So, not the old school one. Okay. And then we also got Adam Warlock, which is a really nice looking Adam Warlock. He has the cool hair. There's, there's plenty of good stuff with Adam Warlock. <laughs> I'm really there. hoping this is a bit of a seed for maybe Adam Warlock showing up in Guardians. Guardians, of right? Oh. That's what I was thinking, too. So that's a pretty cool look. I'm not too familiar with that costume of his. If that's like the all new, all different, you might know. He's not in the all new, all he's different. He's not in there. No. Yeah. He's, has, he's been dead for quite some time okay. now. They resurrected him in the AVX. The Phoenix Forcers, kind of a side oh, comic. Right, okay. He came in for a comic and then was gone the that's same comic. Right. 
It was really weird. It was. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's, it's a great looking figure. Um, we also got Green Goblin, the classic uh, Green Goblin. Okay, so Looks Norman fantastic. Osborn? Norman Osborn, or it could yeah, be Osborn. Harry, whichever yeah. two. Okay. Um, symbiote Spider-Man. Now this one's oh. going to be huge. Black suit Spider-Man with um, the Todd McFarlane <laughs> uh, eyes going on. He looks great. And then Spider-Man UK, or just Spider-UK, which is basically Captain Britain. He's uh, William Bardock. He first appeared in Spider-Verse. Right, so great figures. I'm picking those all up. So yeah, is that Captain down. Britain? Uh, like, or does no, it no. look different? No, kind of similar to Captain Britain's costume, but it's Spider or Spider oh, UK. Okay. Yeah, because Captain Britain. I don't know if you guys know this. He's the only uh, comic book from Marvel that was written by Alan Moore. I'd like to pick I'm, it up. I, th- I thought <laughs> Alan Moore also worked on Deadpool with um, the creator. Oh, I don't. I maybe he maybe he seeded some stuff, but I don't yeah. think he wrote any issues. I could be wrong. But anyways, yeah. I, I digress. Image, sorry, yeah. but yeah, no, these are some great, great looking pickups. So can't wait. I'm not too sure. We don't think we got a release date necessarily when they come out. No, if it's like Hasbro has been this year, it's going to be every other month. Yeah, we're getting a massive wave of legends, right? Because Doctor Strange just started dropping. I'm yes. sure we're going to see these ones early in 2017. Can't wait. Along with some of the other Black series yeah. that released here, the six inch in particular. They released an image of Baze, yeah, Donnie Yen's character, C three PO with red arm. Yes, the classic oh, Darth Vader yes. episode four with the red eyes. Oh, yeah, it's not the shiny black, you know, armor going on. It's kind of like the dull. Okay, yeah, can't wait for these figures. <laughs> yes, Black Series is going to just clobber us here. We got through the first wave of Rogue One here. Looking at getting the second wave, I would assume before Christmas at some point. That would make sense. And I'm really seeing these hitting hard at Walmarts, at Toys R Us's here in Calgary. We had a Big bit time. of a drought through Force Friday. Yeah. But now they're everywhere. I've been able to get my hands on every single three and three quarter inch, with the exception of Sabine. Yeah. And I've seen every single Black Series six inch, with the exception of K2SO yes, and Death I was Trooper. Just say. I have not seen them at retail <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, K2SO and the Death Trooper, you, you nailed it. But I definitely think we're, it's a, we're having an easier time catching these figures as opposed to the force awakens figure yep. i'd say but yeah. at the same time the stormtrooper was really difficult to get yeah. in the force awakens line the first order stormtrooper i only ever saw that once at retail and it was the wow. time i bought it wow yeah that was that's a difficult that's a difficult one <laughs> and sticking with star wars here we also had the star wars books panel which troy and i were super excited for I read through the transcript okay. of exactly what was said on stage, and it looked like it was just a fantastic panel. And we had Charles Soule, we had Chuck Windig, Timothy Zahn, yes. and a few other creators on stage, and they announced a few books towards the end of the panel. And ones I'm particularly excited for are their Young Readers books, which are going to be chronicling Jin, Baze, and Donnie Yen's character, who I'm still afraid to say, because I don't know how to pronounce it properly. <laughs> but again, just because they're Young Readers doesn't mean that they're for young adults or whatever that's it's probably going to be very similar to the before the awakening book that chronicled poe finn and ray right before the force awakens i'm assuming that's what this is going to be so you're going to probably want to read these for you know more or less Jin's story going into this because i'm assuming it's going to lead right from that into rogue one right so these look pretty exciting and we had some more teases for the Ahsoka book, which drops today, I believe. That's right. And it's essentially taking place from 10 minutes after Order 66, says the author, right up until her appearance in Rebels. I can't wait for that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so look out for that one. And then there's also a little more teases on Catalyst, how it's going to be, again, looking at the main characters of Rogue One and telling a bit more of their backstories as well. And Marvel also said... They're going to be releasing some news about their comics 
in the near future here within the next week or two so look out for that and charles Sowell's on stage who writes poe dameron mm-hmm. and for those of you that have read the aftermath book he dropped a little hint of a of a clanker that might be showing up in the poe dameron comics which is quite prevalent in the aftermath books and that's okay. all i'm gonna say if you haven't read it all okay cool. but look out for that it's going to be quite exciting i think at least for me because nice. you know seeing them tie all these together it's 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 like the I best really thing. Love, right? <laughs> yeah. Any speculation of where they could go with the comics? Like any anything? I, they didn't really talk yeah. too much. Charles Soule was on stage. He writes Poe Dameron. He wrote the Lando series. And he yeah. wrote Obi Wan and Anakin. As and Daredevil, well. I think, even yeah. in Marvel, right? Yeah, he's read, he writes run. a ton. So yeah. He writes all the Inhuman stuff now and all yeah. that too. Uh, but he didn't really give too much away, other than what he's working on in his own individual Poe Dameron book. What would you want to see? Uh, I don't know. I'm. Yeah. I want to see something a bit more Rogue One centric because that's yeah. what I'm feeling right now. Right. But I'm loving this Poe Dameron comic and how it's taking a place around the Force Awakens timeline. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know. I also yeah. want a little more exploration now in Rebels because we're yes. doing a lot of Rebels, watching a lot of Rebels talking yeah. on our other podcast, Star Wars Rebels Alert. Check yeah. it out. <laughs> every, time, every time we plug Rebels, you got to take a drink, guys. <laughs> so I'd like to explore a little more of those characters, maybe some backstory. We're going to be getting that with Thrawn. Yeah. Timothy Zahn did confirm at this panel as well that this book is going to be chronicling his rise through the Empire, through the Imperial ranks up until his appearance in Rebels as well. Love it. Perfect. So, Troy, you called that right yeah, away. I worked out it. Yeah. Nice. So a lot of exciting stuff coming out of the Star Wars universe from the writer's end. And i, I just so stoked about this. But it's getting to the point where it's becoming somewhat overwhelming. If yes. you're not keeping right up with the books, you're going to fall behind really quickly. It's and you're going to have to compartmentalize yourself a bit more. It's right. Like, I'm probably going to download, right when we're done here, Ahsoka's yeah. book. Was there a title or anything? Did I think it's just a, called Ahsoka. Ahsoka? Okay, that yeah. works for me. I looked for it on Audible the other day, and I couldn't find Still it find for it. whatever reason. I don't Crazy. know if I just wasn't looking in the right spot, or yeah. if I... I don't know. It's yeah. been a hectic week, but <laughs> I couldn't find it. But you yeah. did say that there was some sort of announcement that it's going for to be... For voice acting, yeah. yeah. So, can't wait to see all that stuff. Some great, great news there. Awesome. Also dropping in a New York Comic Con was the first tease for a film that I'm super excited about, War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yes. Caesar. Yes. Caesar. <laughs> it was a very short teaser, mm-hmm. and it was just Caesar talking. I think that's new dialogue. See, I thought it was the dialogue we got from the last movie towards Is the it? end. I thought so. I thought it was the same dialogue because, you know, after spoilers, but after what happens in the events of that movie, he kind of basically announces that war is among us like i, I, yeah, I thought okay. it was I, I could be wrong it could be new dialogue yeah. i thought yeah, maybe I it was know. from like the originals because isn't there like a war for the planet of the apes original back from the there, 70s yeah, yeah. There, there is but i don't i don't think that's it's... definitely andy circus yeah voice. oh okay yeah. but yeah. maybe i thought it was like like different like uh andy circus but the dialogue from the 70s oh, taken? Matching that. yeah oh, but okay. I, I i don't know i that's mean cool i haven't yeah. seen those movies in like 10 years yeah Definitely always in my rewatchability list. I can recheck that out. Yeah. We have to have a Planet of the Apes episode before this one Definitely, drops. 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah, some great lines in that movie. Yeah. Oh. But I got a real nuclear winter post-apocalyptic feel to this. Because the yeah. way that his character cool. was, it was kind of coming to form with just the dust in that. Or yeah. 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 So yeah. All I could think about was nuclear winter that we're not yeah. seeing. Oh, that, you know what? You just kind of sold me on this trailer because I, <laughs> I wasn't feeling it too much. I thought it was, we used dialogue at the time. At least we still don't know, I guess. And then when I saw the snow kind of forming, I was like, well, what are they trying to say? You know, yeah. what, it is a teaser. But now that you bring that nuclear kind of speculation up, that's kind of cool. And when it actually formed and made Caesar, it was cool. But my first initial thoughts, I thought this could have been like an after credit on the last movie. Oh, you know, yeah. I kind of felt like it was a throwaway, but 
You kind of got me hooked on this. Yeah, because in <laughs> the original Planet of the Apes series, it was mankind, nuclear winter yes. sort of thing yep. that allowed the apes to rise. And that's not what we're getting in this film universe. It's, yeah. There was some sort of virus, and that's how you get the apes rising. But I don't really know how a nuclear war would factor into this, or even if right. it does. But that's kind of the feeling I got, this post-apocalyptic feel to... And I don't know who they're battling. Obviously humans, humans yeah. and they've yeah. seeded that a bit. But mm -hmm. what humans are they battling? Are they battling some sort of military force? How far have the apes come as far as their evolution? Right. Yeah. How old is Caesar at this point? I, I, there's a lot of information here that we don't have. Does yeah. this take place right after battle? What was the last one? The last one was uh, 2014, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Maybe it could be like two humans, different uh, human factions warring with each other. And then you know they lay siege to each other. So the human population goes down dr dramatically. Again, after that virus from the first one as well. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, the apes and human ratio is a little bit more even, and maybe that's where they take it. I'm interested to see, but I do like the uh, nuclear winter idea, Tim. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. They've kind of been taking their time with this battle, because we've all been waiting for this yeah. moment, yeah. right? I mean, the last one, Caesar was pretty much on the fence. They had their own island or whatever, where they stayed, and then this war amongst the humans and the monkeys, the apes were slowly coming up, and then at the end of that movie... All hell breaks loose. Yeah. yeah. It's a good film. Yeah. Oh, can't wait for this. Really, really excited for this. Even and the just CGI, this little eh? yeah. yeah. Oh, top, top notch. notch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. We didn't plan that. It just, just worked out. <laughs> happened like Did that. we just become best friends? <laughs> yup. <laughs> On three, who's the one guy you'd sleep with? <laughs> Yo, it's from Step Brothers. Haven't you guys seen Step Brothers? I have seen Step Brothers. <laughs> John Stamos. John Stamos. Oh, did we just become best friends? Is that what it I, says? I, who'd you sleep with? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who's the one guy you'd ever sleep with? And they both say John Stamos. Oh <laughs> Troy's losing it oh over here. God. I've never seen someone oh. laugh as hard as Troy just did right now, folks. It's that glorious. might be the graphic for the next, yeah. the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Laughing Troy bobblehead. <laughs> Just you got to keep that sound on, and you press a button, he just makes that noise. <laughs> Good laugh, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. great laugh. Superior voice. As well. <laughs> the last exciting trailer, at least for myself, that dropped at New York Comic Con was the Iron Fist teaser trailer. So yeah, I've yet to get into Luke Cage. <laughs> it will come. It yeah. will come. But this got me super excited for this, and I'm not super familiar with Iron Fist as no. a character from the comics. I've read a few of his appearances in Avengers and yeah. a few of the bigger events, mm -hmm. and I, but I've never read a single Iron Fist comic or yeah. even a Power Man and Iron Fist comic. Yeah. Like, I've never really jumped into that end of the Marvel comic book universe. Mm -hmm. But seeing this, and I get a little bit of a, you know, we've seen this a little bit before vibe from yeah. this. And you get another hallway scene. You mm -hmm. get another character that has these, I'm sure it's going to be explained, but big powers where they're punching through walls and that. Yeah. I get a real, like, Daredevil, Luke Cage kind of vibe yeah. from this already. Even a bit of Arrow. I got a little oh, okay. bit of too, feel. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Flashbacks and yeah. the character's kind of broken. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited for this, but I hope that they try to distinguish themselves a bit more from what we've seen in Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. And yes, it has to be in the same universe. It has to have the same vibe to it, but yeah. I want them to take this character and do something different. And I think with the mystical aspect... Mm -hmm that they're going to be able to do that. But what they showed us is a lot of what we've seen from the other Netflix series, I That's feel That's right, like. yeah. The fighting seems top-notch, though, eh? Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. the way the sequence was going with the music, how it was cutting back and forth, back and forth, and it's a faster, faster, faster punch. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty cool. I didn't like his tattoo. 
Like, no? didn't like his tattoo at all. Yeah, it looked a little fake. It looked a little fake, a little, like, vending machine-like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, yeah. put it on, put the water, and started rubbing it. Yeah, it that's off. what I thought. But, you know, the Iron Fist effect looked really good. I'm yeah. really right? happy they are going full out with that. That's yes. just not some weird glove he puts on or yeah. something like that. They just... I love the look of it. It looked incredible. Do you think they're going to go as far with the costume? Or are they going to kind of change it up a little bit? Or is it going to be like Daredevil's first one? I think it's going to be exactly right? that. It's going to be a tease all the way through this. And maybe he you know, lights it up here yeah. towards the end. Or even a wait into Defenders. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That would be pretty cool. So, and yeah. Again, there's some cues here that I think they're trying to make you think Doctor Strange. We still haven't seen that movie yet. Yeah. But there's some quick clips. And I was thought immediately to... Um, Wong when I saw some these are the more the monk like characters and I had to rewind a couple times I was like are they tying this in and this again has a real vibe of the hand being present and I think we're going to see the mystical city of Kung Lung as well Mm -hmm. so again expanding the Netflix series expanding into this mystical end which we see all aspects of the Marvel Cinematic Universe doing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Netflix and the cinematic so it's really cool that they're all embracing this at the same time which does make sense. Makes you think that they actually do talk when they say they really don't. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool that this seems a little brighter. Like you are actually seeing some like bright skies. It's not yeah. so dark and gritty and it seems almost like like some bigger city shots going on too. It's not so intimate and closed in, right? Is this in New York? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Everything's in New York. Yeah, well, I think that's yeah. the whole concentration in the Netflix series is yeah. supposed to be within that New York and New York is Marvel Comics, right? Yeah, oh, for sure, been, yeah. yeah. And then also at New York Comic Con, they brought on stage and assembled for the first time the Defenders, or four oh. Defenders, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Iron Fist. Nice. Pretty cool to see them all together. Yeah. Didn't have quite the same impact that assembling an Avengers for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's cool that they've stuck with this path, and they've actually produced these characters, and they've, the public loves them. And I'm assuming we're going to get a very similar reception, at least from what we're seeing, for Iron Fist as well. Mm-hmm. And with the Defenders, they teased a little bit before when they released, I think, the first teaser trailer for Luke Cage. But they also released a, a Defenders clip. And you pointed this out, Troy, when we mm-hmm. talked about it. It looked like the hand yeah. when they're kind of pulling out the, the lettering for Defenders. That's right. And I think they're going to have some impact here. But then they announced Sigourney Weaver is going to be playing the lead villain in the Defenders. Cool. Great No choice. indication as to who she's who going she to be, be playing. So this is a big get for Marvel Netflix, I think. This is she's a big actor, and it's cool to have the main villain for a big team up being a female because that's mm. something we really haven't seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now we're gonna get Hela in Thor, mm-hmm. but again, she's part of a larger contingency of villains, I think. And I'm curious as to who she's gonna play. Do you have any thoughts? Anyone you want to throw out there? None, not at all. I heard. Uh, I think I found something online or something. I heard uh, Madam Web. Yeah. Oh. But it, it, it just—it's more. She's more of a Spider-Man character, obviously, just the yeah. name. But if you do it in a different way, where she's pulling in all these strings, I think you would have had to introduce her a little earlier yeah. to see that connection. Like, have her be the big bad, like a Thanos. But I don't really know who else you could have her be as a as, as a villain. I don't yeah. know. Could she be an original character? Could she be a Electra? Or no, is she already in there? Electra, oh, okay, yeah. okay. She's a little too old to be. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> she she could be whoever she wants to be. I don't know if they're going to go down the path of someone that's maybe pulling the strings from afar as far as a CEO of a company, or if she's going to be actually sitting as a villain. Is she going to be someone like Viper, or mm. if she's going to be someone that tied into the greater hand universe right. or someone like they've they, i've heard rumors of Mephet, 
Oh, oh yeah, Mephisto. Mephisto, Mephisto right. yeah. yeah. I've heard rumors of Mephisto as well. Yeah. From cool. uh, Ghost Rider. Yes, and oh. tying all that in, we've got Ghost Rider and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. and there's rumors that he's going to be getting his own spin-off series as well. Nice. So nice. I don't know if that all ties in together, and I don't know how mystical they're going to go, because the end of Daredevil Season 2 really pointed in that direction, that they're going to go really sideways with this. Oh, and yeah. The next appearance of Daredevil, I think, is going to be in Defenders. So they have to right. pick up on a lot of the cues that they left at the end of that series, specifically with Elektra, The Hand, and again, Punisher, is he's getting his own series as well. I don't that's know if right. he's going to show up in this. They started filming that in New York as well. He has the beard going on. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Do you know it be cool if Marvel were to do an animated Ghost Rider TV series, but put it on, like, HBO or something? Animated? Yeah, animated. Kind of similar to Spawn. Yeah, like a Spawn, and have him go really dark, and have him going into hell and stuff, and fighting, like, all these other villains and stuff. I think that'd be great. I mean, and have it the original Johnny Blaze and not... Uh, the new person, um, Robbie Reyes. Robbie Reyes. Yeah. I don't know. I think that'd be really cool. I'd, I'd like to see more like adult animated series. Like they had the Spawn one. Yep. Even like in like a Batman or something would be if they went like kind of darkish. That would be really dark, cool. Yeah. I agree. I would really like to see like a team up like um, Blade, uh, Werewolf yeah. by Night, Punisher, and um, Ghost Rider. That'd be an Put those awesome. Guys in yeah. Put those guys together. That'd be awesome. That'd yeah. be the best animated show you could do. Like that'd be amazing that'd be pretty cool it'd be a way to get those characters out there because there is rumors that Marvel is doing something with Wesley Wesley Snipes, Snipes yeah. and with the Blade series whether or not it's with Snipes or Snipes. if he's going to be part of it or with a father figure and it's a younger Blade yeah. that'd be cool scene. that'd, that'd be, be pretty cool, cool. I, I would really love that so they that got idea. the rights back to that and mm-hmm. so it'd be interesting to see if they explore those avenues as well because I really like to see that's something very different from right? Marvel right yeah especially yeah. If, if they even pulled on like the first Blade and that exists in the universe oh yeah that could be pretty cool because that, Netflix. We've seen how dark that's gone already. Blade's not too far from that with Punisher, right? Yeah, bring uh, back Blade. Oh yeah. So guys, another Steelbook release came today. Unfortunately, Best Buy was a little bit late with their shipping, so I didn't get it in time for today's podcast. But it was everyone's favorite movie to hate on this summer, and no, that was not Batman v Superman. <laughs> Surprisingly, for some reason, it was Ghostbusters. So here's the thing. People hate remakes, whether it's Friday the 13th, Planet of the Apes, uh, the new Batman, Superman, Jurassic Park, Home Alone. Home Alone. (laughs) You know, when the average person hears that their favorite film is being remade, instantly they hate it without even seeing it. They already make up their mind. They go, oh, this can't be as good as the original. This is going to be terrible. They go into the theaters and then they hate it. Now, Ghostbusters is one of those films that has been rumored to have either a sequel or a remake done for a number of years now, but to be honest with you, the original cast has been kind of mixed in terms of whether they're actually going to want to do it or not, and at this point in time, it doesn't make sense for them to have, like, 70-year-old Ghostbusters running around New York fighting ghosts. Like, let's just call it like it is, folks. Um, this, those two were touchstone films, but if you're going to keep the franchise alive, and, I thought that was a cat or something, something flicked my foot and it was Troy. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> So you can't have the cast come back and do it. You need to do something new, something fresh. And to be honest with you, if they did it as just four guys again, there'd be too much comparisons to the original film. So they had to do something different. So they went with four women. And apparently that was the worst thing in the world because a whole bunch of Ghostbusters fanboys freaked out. And so they gave it a lot of hate before even seeing it. Which, you know, if you watch the film and you genuinely did not like it, that's fine. You don't have to like everything. But give it a chance. And, you know, some of the stuff that these people have to go through just because they want to make a movie, ridiculous. And 
I think it was uh, Paul Feig, the director of the film, said, you know, uh, nerds are like the worst, um, the worst fan group. He said because of all the hate he got from this. That's just sad to see because you know I don't I don't agree with them. I think there's a lot of you know good discussion with nerds, and you go to a or geeks, and you go to a comic expo, and you talk to people there, and they're just all having a good time. And it's unfortunate that a few bad apples of the internet world spoiled it for everyone else. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to see this in theaters because I was studying for my exam. But once it does arrive, I do want to watch this. It's the first day watch for me. I'm super excited to watch this. My wife saw it. She loved it. What do you guys make of this film? You know, I saw it and I didn't think it's that bad. Uh, yeah. I wasn't hating it in the first place, but, you know, the film has its highs and lows. It's it's not a masterpiece by any means. It definitely starts to fall in the third act, but it's really not that bad of a film. Um, Ghostbusters, though, I think they went the wrong way. I, I really still think they could have kept everything canon. They could have continued that story. And I still say this till this day, they could have done um, the Extreme Ghostbusters route, which was an old cartoon in the 90s. It kind of had the same art style as the Men in Black cartoon. Oh, okay. Where you had the existing Ghostbusters, but then they mentored some kids. And it was a blast. It was an awesome cartoon series. I don't yeah. know why they didn't go that route, or at least just continue the franchise in that route, as opposed to rebooting the whole thing. Yeah. Um, there were some funny moments in the movie, sure, but overall, it's a, it's a, it's a meh. It's a, I can pass. I'll never come back to this movie. I'm I'm done with this franchise. I've got the Tories. I'm 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 I've checked out. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you saw the movie. You gave yeah. it. Uh, you gave it your honest opinion. I'm looking forward to seeing it too, and maybe we'll do a full review in the future. So one of the things that people were criticizing was, oh, there's four women that are leading this film. This is going to be garbage. But here's the thing, guys. Having kick-ass women in a film, it's not a recent trend. A lot of people will say, oh, all these movies now are just having women in it because they want to cater to social justice warriors and stuff like that. I don't think it's a recent trend. It's been going on for many years now. And so I thought, you know, it'd be a good idea, a good opportunity if we were to come on here and talk a bit about some of our favorite kick-ass women that we've seen previously in films and just show that, you know, you can have an excellent film with excellent female characters and it's not something that has to be like, oh, this is, no, I'm not going to see this. Like, it's it's stupid. Some of the best films ever done has had a strong female lead or a female lead in the film. So it's, it's, uh, let's talk about some of our favorite kick-ass female characters in movies and TV. Um, Troy, you want to kick us off with your list? I have a couple honorable mentions, and then I have my top five. Yeah. Cool. I think it's a, it's a great topic to do right now, particularly with Sigourney Weaver being announced as the main villain. Right. right. Getting very strong characters in the Star Wars universe that are female-led as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Books, and, movies, yeah. novels, everything, right? Yeah. Exactly. So this is a real renaissance for female actors being put into lead roles and not only as heroines but also as villains as well which i think is really important going forward and something that we haven't seen in a lot of the cinematic universes both from the marvel perspective dc and even star wars and that like it's something that i think is bringing a lot of interest to the table because they're doing something different something you know, especially expanding on these franchises and doing something completely different. This isn't really a what route you can go. Yeah. And having really strong female leads is, I think, really important for franchises. No, I agree. I agree. So, um, I have a couple honorable mentions. I don't know if you do. Um, you, you can kick it off. Okay, so I, here's my honorable mentions. Um, so, these are Star Wars, actually, because you brought it up. And I actually have it written down here, so it wasn't just to cater to Star Wars fans. <laughs> But Ray and Princess Leia and the new girl, uh, Jan Orso. Jan Orso. Yeah. 
Uh, you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Star Wars has always had strong female characters. That's one of the strengths of the franchise. Yeah. And it's, it's good to see. And I, I liked Rey in The Force Awakens. I thought she was a total badass. She knew how to fly the Millennium Falcon. She had the Force within her. She could, like, make gadgets and stuff. A total badass in the film, if there ever was one. Yeah. Um, a couple other ones I have, uh, Emily Blunt from Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, this one hurt because I couldn't put her in because I had so many other good ones, but Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, Batman v Superman, maybe after Wonder Woman I'll put her in, but she just didn't have enough screen time for Mm. me to make my top five. Yeah, she's solid. For me, um, no particular order, Michelle Pfeiffer, the best Catwoman we've ever had. Oh, for sure. What she did with that role was just incredible the costume looked great she was sexy she was fierce she was powerful she was everything that was great um linda hamilton sarah connor nice nice i have that on my list i have nice nice i have her on my list as well (laughs) yeah yeah um uma thurman kill bill the bride oh okay that's what more can i say her fight scenes were some of the best my favorite quentin tarantino movie of all time okay before you before you go to your list I'll, mm-hmm. I'll shoot some of mine out okay i've actually haven't seen kill bill it's on my watch list so i'm not a big tarantino fan but uh i'll give it a go yeah um so i have number five for me Charlize theron furiosa mad max oh, fury yeah. road with the one arm and the uh robotic arm and just driving the tanker across the australian wilderness and she was actually like the uh the strongest one in that film she was it was the best yeah. thing in yeah. that whole movie Badass. it should have yeah. just been called Fierosa. yeah i agree it's incredible yeah. i agree okay so number four i have jamie lee curtis playing laura strode from the halloween franchise so i don't know if you guys are you know you're not that big into horror but there's a term that us horror geeks call final girl so in horror movies, especially 80s horror movies like Friday the 13th, Halloween, or Nightmare on Elm Street, there's almost always that one final girl who makes it to the end and ends up defeating the bad guy. And horror people have dubbed that the final girl. So Jamie Lee Curtis is the ultimate final girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's always normally the pure girl who doesn't do drugs or doesn't have sex. Um, you know, Always you see in those 80 movie, 80s movies... If they do that, they're pretty much guaranteed to be killed. You can guarantee 100%. If they do that on Friday the 13th, they're gone. <laughs> so Jamie Lee Curtis's character doesn't do that. She makes it to the end. She defeats her killer brother. Can we just go back Yeah, <laughs> to this for one second? Did you say if they don't do drugs and don't have sex, they die or they live? No, if they don't do drugs and don't have sex, they live. But if they do drugs or have sex, they they're, get killed they off in the film. There you go. Just put that on a banner. Yeah. <laughs> that is the best don't do drugs advertisement you could ever yeah, ask for. You I like do, that campaign. You do drugs, you get killed by uh, J- Jason Voorhees. Who wants that? <laughs> don't be go having the sex. And the <laughs> you know, especially in the 80s, um, there was a lot of that geared towards teenagers and uh, trying, I don't know, it's probably studio message and they probably wanted to put that in there. So nowadays you go back and you watch it, and they actually have a horror movie called The Final Girls, which kind of plays on these tropes from <laughs> uh, horror movies and stuff. So, Well, you did Emily Blunt already, Rita. Well, I, I didn't do Emily Blunt, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. fantastic. If you haven't checked out that movie, you've got to do that. Such a great movie. Great. Live, Die, Repeat. <sighs> Love it. Yeah. yeah. All You Need Is Kill. There's like 50 different titles. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Zoe Saldana. Gamora, I, I oh, really love her. That's in a Guardians. good one, yeah. Yeah, I think she's cool, and it is 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 neat to see someone other than um, Scarlett Johansson at the time um, as a female really kicks some ass in the Marvel franchise. Yeah, she really spans through a lot of different franchises yes. as well. Like yeah. Star Trek is, you know, Star Trek, there. Columbiana, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates of the, yeah, Pirates of the Avatar, Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
she's, she's incredible. Great. I think she's actually underrated. Very underrated. I yeah. agree. Yeah, she's yeah. an A-list celebrity. But you never see like her name being bandied about with like Scarlett Johansson or Charlize yeah. Theron, but it should be. Yeah. And oftentimes, she's behind a little bit of makeup, so you yeah. don't really see her. That's it. She's the Andy Serkis of female movies. <laughs> <laughs> she's a female Andy Serkis. What do we go that far? Because that man is just never on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Ultron. He's afraid of globefish. Yeah, claw. Gloop, gloop, gloop. Which, speaking of which, they confirmed in uh, the Comic-Con, actually, that he is now in uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good one, good one. So, number three for me, uh, Jodie Foster, or Clarice Starling from uh, Silence of the Lambs. So, a lot of times in movies, you'll see, like, the heroine, either, you know, if it's a female, they'll use their body or they use a lot of, like, violence to get to the solution. And this one, though, Jodie Foster uses her brains and her smarts to outthink and uh, catch the serial killer Buffalo Bill. But she also has to battle the super creepy Hannibal Lecter, played excellently by Anthony Hopkins. Um, and this movie is sort of a remake as well. I don't know if you guys know a lesser-known movie, Manhunt. That's the original? Yeah, that's yeah. the first movie featuring Hannibal Lecter and another FBI agent trying to catch a serial killer called the Tooth Fairy. So, I don't know. This one is really good. Jodie Foster does an excellent job oh, in this yeah. film. A lot of times people just talk about Hannibal Lecter, but to me, Jodie Foster is on the screen for much longer, and mm-hmm. she... She makes this movie for me, and it's the only horror movie to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards, so... Wow. She kicks ass in it. She's a phenomenal actress. I agree. So I have number two, as we said, Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor. Um, What Can't You Say About Terminator 2? That's one of the best films, and she absolutely slays in this role. She looks like a badass. She did all her stunts. She trained, like, she worked... She You should see, like, she definitely muscled up from Terminator 1 to this role, which made sense because in Terminator 1... I think she was a waitress. Yep. She had no idea that she was like supposed to lead the resistance against machines. And now in this one, she trains, and it really sees in her physique and just her attitude towards the film as well. Mm-hmm. She does an excellent job in that. Yeah, I really liked her in Judgment Day. Yeah. I yeah. thought that the character progressed in the right direction, and she really carried a lot of that. Yeah. And she kind of played that... You know, she'd gone a little crazy. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, the information that she had seemed to be correct. Yeah. yeah. No one would believe her. And she played off that really well. Yeah. So fortunately, yeah. they couldn't nail it in like Genesis, Genesis, or whatever. Oh, you know, the, yeah. The latest one. Because she was basically, well, a different actress, obviously. Yeah. And she just couldn't capture what, um, you know, Linda Hamilton did there. And so for number one, for me, Sigourney Weaver. We talked about her earlier, but uh, Ripley from Alien and now I feel like, you know, I could go on and talk about what made her great, but I have the perfect uh, demonstration of what makes a strong female character. I'm just going to read a brief insert, and I want to hear your opinions uh, in regards to Sigourney Weaver's performance. This is from John Schlaz... Ugh, I'm going to butcher his name, sorry. John Scalzi? He's a film critic and president of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America. So he says... This is in regards to Sigourney Weaver's Ripley. So so this isn't in regards to me, Tim. This is in regards to Sigourney Weaver, okay? All right. All right, so not me. So for all you people that are confused out there. <clears throat> She's not a sidekick, arm candy, or a damsel to be rescued. Starting with Alien, Ripley was a fully competent member of a crew or ensemble, not always liked and sometimes disrespected, but doing her job all the same. As each film progresses, she comes to the fore and faces challenges head-on. She's the hero of the piece. In other words, Ripley isn't a fantasy version of a woman. Science fiction film is filmed with hot, kick-ass women doing impossible things with guns and melee weapons, 
while they spin about like a gymnast in a dryer. As fun as that is to watch, at the end of the day, it's still given women short shrift since what they are then are idealized killer fembots rather than actual human beings. Ripley, on the other hand, is pushy, aggressive, rude, injured, suffering from post-traumatic syndrome, not wearing makeup, tired, smart, material, angry, empathetic, and determined to save others, even at a great cost to herself, all without being a spinny killbot. I think that perfectly sums up what it means to be a kick-ass woman in science fiction or any other action movie. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree at all. Like, that's, yeah. Those are some great words. Yeah, I mean, wow. I can't do it better, so I said, why don't I just uh, plagiarize this guy? Yeah, uh, well, you give him his credit. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Completely agree. Yeah. She's the staple of, uh, you know, this this topic here, right? Yeah, I mean, it's good to see, too, um, in today's day and age. It seemed like it kind of went away, the strong female character, after yeah. the 90s, for some whatever reason. It was just a brief period, but it didn't seem. It seemed like for a while there, there wasn't any like strong female yeah, characters. Yeah, they tried. I mean, they tried Electra. It didn't work. We had the the, the Tomb Raider movie with yeah. Angela yeah. Jolene. It was, it was okay. It wasn't bad. But you know, Katniss Jennifer yeah. Lawrence. I think she's she's pretty good. I mean, Mystique. Uh, Katniss and the other role she has in the dramatic roles. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence has done some great things in the in the the female community. Oh, you could definitely for... uh, point to Hunger Games as kind of like this rebirth or uh, you know explosion of strong female characters again. Yeah. I mean, because we had you know all these ones from the eighties and nineties, tons of great strong female characters. Yeah, and then Katniss kind of is bringing it back, and she showed that you know what Hollywood, you can have a strong female character and a female lead, and have the movie do gangbusters at the box office. Yes. Yeah. I think Jennifer Lawrence really spearheaded a lot of this. Definitely. And in at least in recent memory. Yeah. With her presence in The Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I give a lot of credit to her. Yeah. So have you heard of this idea, this concept of, I think it's the Bechdel test? Okay. Where it's, it's, it's a test for women in film. And it was really a test that was devised to show inequality of women. But it's a test that in a movie, that if there's two women present, that they actually talk to one another in the film and then talk to one another about something other than a man. <laughs> and then if it doesn't meet those two requirements, it doesn't pass this particular test. Wow. Oh, okay, yeah. And I think a lot of these characters, at least some of them at least, do fit into this as okay. far as... But when you have these really strong-willed women, you don't see a lot of that, right? I really think it's kind of a cool test. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes it's criticized for its use in that, but it's. I think it was its main use is just to highlight the idea that there was some or there is inequality in women that they're not just like you said in the side characters that talk to other women about just men or easier yeah. right? right and i think the list that you've put together here really does highlight the fact that there is strong women in film and we'd like to see a lot more of that and like we've highlighted some of the more recent characters here because a lot of these characters are older actresses that yes. did have prevalence more through the 80s and 90s and it's nice again like i said to see this renaissance of women in these bigger franchises mm-hmm. and again that's why marvel takes a lot of criticism for not having a female-led superhero movie yet. Yeah. Yeah, captain marvel is on its way with yeah. brie larson you get wonder woman next year so mm-hmm. again you're starting to see this prevalence the importance of female-led superhero movies because that's somewhere where they've really lagged yeah at this point in time but we do have our katniss everdeens and and other characters like that that's that right. are leading the charge here and scarlett you know, johansson as well yes she is black widow yeah. in this, but she is leading a lot of sci-fi fantasy films into the future that's right uh she's gonna be doing ghost um ghost in the shell yeah. yes anime. that's right so yeah. i can't wait to see that adaptation yeah i mean a lot of times too it's nice to see like us growing up we were huge into action science fiction fantasy 
And as three, you know, grown up males in our teen years, whenever these films got released, you know, it didn't, didn't, you know, it didn't occur to me that, oh, this is a strong female character. It just occurred to me that Linda Hamilton kicks ass in Terminator 2. I didn't look at it like that. You know, growing up, I was just like, man, like, she's awesome. Like, I want to be like her when I grow up because <laughs> she kicks ass. Yeah. And, it, you know, growing up, I I saw that, and I, I just wish that we got more of that. And it seems like it's coming back, which is great to see. Yeah. One thing I want to highlight, though, is that I sometimes don't like the concept of, you know, shoving that we need a female-led whatever. Yeah. I like this idea of the organic growth of that and that it makes sense. Ray, to me, yeah. in Force Awakens makes sense. Yes. These characters that you've rattled off here make sense in the film. It's not a film that's taken a male lead role and put a female in that just to have a female there, right? Yeah. yeah. And I like that concept of that the movies that we do have these very strong females in, they're just strong actors or yes. actresses mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call them, right? Yeah. It's not because they're a female that they've gotten this role. It's because they're the best actor. Yeah. I like that idea, that concept that filmmakers do take this approach sometimes is we're just going to test everyone and just see where this character goes. And yes. there's instances in film where they've changed the gender of a specific character because the actress fills that role better than a male lead That's right. Doctor yeah. Strange. yes right? exactly yeah. yes yeah. the ancient one yeah yeah again i just want to highlight that it's not changing the gender for gender's sake it's doing it because it's the right call from the movie right. the film or whatever it's the character because the yes. character at the end of the day is always stronger more important than the actor yeah right? yeah no i agree and it seems like they're kind of writing more of these roles we had hunger games and then we had how many of these uh young adult with strong female characters come out. Divergence. And uh, there's been a couple other ones um, that have come out too with the dystopian future and stuff like that. So Hollywood is very much a copycat industry. And I think part of the reason why, which is sad to say, but part of the reason why it's taken so long for a female-led superhero movie to get made again is because of the failures of the first three with Supergirl, Catwoman, uh, Catwoman and Elektra. If those three were somewhat decent or to good and they made money i think we would have saw it more but i think that hollywood now is just finally realizing and listening to the fans because there's so many great female superheroes and supervillains out there they're just waiting to be done correctly like wonder woman it's 75 years and we're finally getting her first uh appearance in batman v superman and her first film next year like, it's crazy to me that it took that long and no one thought, hey, let's put her in or do her own film. So Just getting that confidence. And I think a lot of it comes down to those movies that you rattle off are shit movies. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, yeah. You ha- good movies make money and they get good. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You have to yeah. have good writers, good directors, and a good character. No, it's good to see. I mean, there's been strong female characters throughout the history of film and it's not just a recent trend. And as I said, like us growing up, I don't know about you guys, but I never really thought oh, a, a female can't be a strong character. Because part of the reason was some of these characters were really strong and they were good role models for young boys and young girls. And that's important too. A lot of times people need to realize that, you know, a lot of women watch these films, but it's predominantly men. You know, the the gap is closing considerably, but I still think it's more men that watch these. And when you have strong female characters in these films, it is good for both men and women to see that. And I am excited and I... I'm hopeful for the future of Hollywood. We see a lot of great, strong female characters, whether it's uh, in the Star Wars franchise, the Marvel, DC, X-Men, Star Trek. They all seem to be having strong female characters. I mean, Star Trek has so many strong female characters. I've only seen the first two movies, but uh, Ohara, Uhura? Uhura? She's in there. She's a great character. 
I like to see more of her. Maybe Star Trek Beyond. That's another film I couldn't watch in theaters, but yeah. So I think that's gonna wrap it up for another exciting episode of the Nerd Room. Oh, I had to look at that. I keep I can't remember what our podcast is called. You know, it's been a long day. When I'm excited for these movies coming forward, and I think it's great to talk about this, and I'm looking forward to reviewing some of these films as they come out with these strong female-led superhero movies. Mm-hmm. So. Let's do it. Wonder Woman's the next one, and... Uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Oh, Harley Quinn, maybe, even. Oh, Harley yeah, Quinn's too. spinoff, yeah. too. Yeah. Do you think the character of Harley Quinn was a strong female character? No. Mm. no. She pined too much for the Joker? I think there's a lot of dependencies there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. But she's yeah. not like a she's not a good that's character. the character though too. yeah like that's like you're kind of getting you're crossing wires there a bit like yeah the character that you don't want to see you know depending on a male character but that's a lot of that, oh that's yeah. ingrained that's the in character. the character I mean, yeah. yeah but it's like it's like the male made her who she is yeah too, yeah right? so i mean yeah and yeah. <laughs> i think maybe that's part of the reason why warner brothers took some of the stuff out of the film yeah. because it was probably deemed abusive yeah, yeah. so into the see if we see that in the extended cut a little more oh yeah so. The abusive cut. No. <laughs> the marketing yeah. department's like, seriously, you could have come up with a better title yeah. than the abusive yeah. cut. <laughs> no. All right, guys. Well, it's been a pleasure talking near a Comic Con and running down some of the most badass women in film today. If you guys want to catch us on social media, our Twitter handles are always at the end of the episode. You can always grab us at hashtag Enter the Nerd Room. We are on Facebook, Stitcher, YouTube, all those places where you can listen to us. And also remember to check out our other podcast, Star Wars Rebels Alert, which drops every Monday where we recap and discuss each and every episode of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. We just dropped our Antilles Extraction episode yesterday on Monday. Go and give that a check out either on YouTube or in the same feed you're listening to right now. Yeah, go check it out and listen to some of our predictions because I guess it's been working for us so far. Yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned. And let it, let me know like what voice you like better. Do you like this one or do you like this one? <laughs> Because if you like this one, next podcast, I'll do it all like this. Let me know. That would be fun to edit. <laughs> How do I laugh like that? <laughs> all right, guys. For the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Sanjay. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering the Nerd Room. See, the door sound is different because I'm doing my voice differently. It doesn't sound as good as the cat squeak. <laughs> It's like getting some gravel and the door is like too long. I think your car's stuck. Sounds like the car's stuck. (laughs) Alright guys, we are out. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. You can find our hosts Tim, Sunday, and Troy on Twitter at TheNerdRM1912Podcasting and Troy, the boy 87 